Hello, I'm Brittany Wilson. I'm Nia Wasink, and you're listening to The The Nonprofit Nonprofit Reframe. Reframe. Together, Nia and I have over 30 years of nonprofit experience. We've worked the program side, the business side, and everything in between. We are reframing the nonprofit experience by challenging the status quo, because we know that nonprofits and their staff are undervalued, under-resourced, and unrelenting. Welcome back, everyone. Happy Monday, folks. Glad to be here. How was your weekend? Uh, It was lovely. Uh, I suddenly have no idea what I did, but this morning was great because I took the morning off to just like get my household in order and it feels so much better. So we are recording this earlier than when it's going to air. That is true. You are not listening to us live, folks. We're so sorry to tell you. And right now we have probably what a good three inches of snow on the ground at least I think four to six so I am going to my future self I just hope that when this airs we are in springtime <laughs> <laughs> that's some high hopes I know but we, we can wish for it I know well it's so funny because out here in Colorado we still have at least two if not three more months of snow yeah for sure well, and we have these teaser weekends, like a few weeks ago, where it was like in the 70s and yeah. amazing. It was so beautiful. Yeah. It's always this time of year, always, mm-hmm. every year, that I ask my husband why the hell we live in Colorado. It's better than Ohio. Hey, now. <laughs> I, I will also say it's better than Michigan. Okay. I don't okay. live there for a reason. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, let's not make this just an Ohio thing. And it's true. I am looking out the window and the sun is shining. It is. And 32 degrees here does not feel like 32 degrees in the Midwest. Oh, gosh, no. Yeah. No. Because it's always sunny. Always sunny. Yeah. But hopefully we are nearing that spring weather. Yes. Um, Looking at our schedule of when this is going to air, I just want to congratulate you on a fantastic gala that (gasps) happened this weekend. Yay! Thank you so much. We had such a great event. (laughs) Oh, I hope we don't have to delete this part. (laughs) And I'm knocking on wood. I don't want to jinx anything either. All right. So what are we talking about today? Let's talk about tech, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the shitty software that nonprofits use. Oh my god! And that was awful. That was amazing. <laughs> that was I did not see it coming. I loved it. I wish everybody could have seen it because there was dancing and hand movements that went along with it. One day we will videotape. Oh gosh, that'll be awful. When we get big enough that we have a VIP society. <laughs> Is that like our legacy giving society? You have to put it in the universe or okay, it doesn't okay, happen, okay? okay? So we're going to have like, this VIP fan group and they're going to get access to the videos of our taping so they can see stuff like what just happened. <laughs> Because that was priceless <laughs> and worth twenty nine ninety five a month. <laughs> I don't know. Wow, that's more than the Murderino Club. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. All right, tech. Oh, tech. Tech, tech, tech. Uh, so let's just level set here and Please. recognize that ninety percent of nonprofits have absolutely shitty tech infrastructure. At least. 10 years old, whatever they're using. Oh, gosh. 
And it hinders the sector so much. It, it really, it gets under my skin that we are not investing in technology the way we should, the way that would allow us to really grow our programs and our impacts and all the wonderful things that we should be doing. In my opinion, it is one of the, if not the main reason that makes our look our, our sector look unprofessional or not sophisticated. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I was actually just working with a client doing year-end uh, statements, mm -hmm. and uh, the number of angry emails we got back because their data was so awful, I, I mean, I couldn't even count. Yes. And so now I'm, I'm having to do all this cleanup and be like, oh, yeah, I'm so sorry we didn't enter that donation right, and oh, gosh, sorry, our system glitched here. And... That's why I hate doing those statements. Oh, gosh, they're awful. I'd almost rather just not do them. <laughs> I'd rather get the five people who are ticked off because they need a statement than the 50 people ticked off because we have their address wrong or yeah. something about their information is inaccurate. Well, and that's like the convergence of having bad technology and then bad data. Right. You're only as good as your data. And you're only as smart as your data. Absolutely. So over and over and over again, I'm working with clients and we're talking about how we can use our technology better and smarter and how we can use it to better segment and better acknowledge our donors and better understand our programs and, and effectiveness. And then we actually get to the data and it's useless because it it's it's so awful and... Because 20 different people have been inputting right. the data over the last 20 years. And there's no data management system in place. Or no consistency. Yes. No, hey, this is best practices. Every time you uh, create a new record, you have to do it this way. Right. You know, make sure that, oh, especially people who are in a household that have two different last names. Oh, yes. And so how is that entered into your database? So when you pull it, it has, you know, Jane Smith mm -hmm. with John... All I could Jones? Think of was, no, all I could think of was John Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> with John Oliver. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How about the people who get angry because you didn't know they got divorced? Uh-huh. <laughs> or how about the people who have passed... That are oh, deceased. that one always makes me really sad. I know. It breaks my heart. Yeah. It breaks my heart. And that's why it's, when we're talking about uh, something that is based on relationships yeah. and relationship building, which is fundraising, um, you have to know that information. You really, really do. Uh, the number of times I go into an organization and I ask for their uh, donor data, mm -hmm. um, and I get, like, a spreadsheet out of QuickBooks. Yeah. Oh, it drives me crazy. I'm like, you clearly are not doing any kind of donor cultivation or stewardship with this data. Because right. it it's accounting data. <laughs> I think you're actually waiting for my donor data right now. I kind of am. Which I yeah. don't have. Because <laughs> this is, look, here's a real world situation right now. Tell me about it. Go because for it. I did one event using CrowdRise and I did another event using a different platform. And so now I got to take that information and I have to upload it to my brand new database that we just got last year. And I don't know how to do that. So I've got to learn how to do that, upload it. I mean, it's just so tiresome. Yes. Well, it's interesting. I often have conversations with clients about their fundraising and what they know from their past fundraising efforts. And they will immediately show me the financial results. And I'm like, yeah, but I also want to know about your donor behavior. 
So we want to look at retention rates and upgrade rates. And do you have an event where people are coming in and then never giving again? Yep. Um, which is going to tell us a lot about that event. And they can't get me that. You're right. Like that data does not exist or nobody knows how to pull it. And so they're, they're not making decisions based on their donor's behavior. They're basing it purely on the financial results. Well, because you're lucky if they even have one person within the organization that actually knows how to use the software. Right. And then even then, they probably only know how to use about 20% of it, and, of its capability. And it's probably the board chair's nephew who got hired on at 23. <laughs> and so they're like, oh, you're young. Here, do all of our tech for us. Yes. Have you ever <laughs> been assigned to be the default uh, in-house IT person just based on your age? Well, that I mean, I'm I'm also a little tech suave. <laughs> Inside joke <laughs> like for that, folks who like listened to the last one. Oh my gosh, yeah. that was good. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I've got a pretty decent base knowledge of tech and how it works, and my parents and grandparents will attest to that since I am their in-house IT person. But I that becomes my default, and it's really hard when you're also say like executive director. And oh, then all of a sudden... And, and, like, maybe have other things that you're supposed right, to be doing. Right. I'm like, oh, okay, well, I was going to go, like, get a, a large donation, but sure, I would love to reset your password in our email system for you. <laughs> <laughs> I have been that person, too. It always astounds me. I don't feel like I'm the most tech-savvy person, but maybe I say, <laughs> try turning it off and turning it back on, and then that works, and then... Voila, I'm the new IT person. <laughs> That's so funny. Actually, this weekend I, I was doing a board retreat and uh, the site that they had the retreat at had one of those really fancy touch screen, um, like big screen. I know. It was so nice. Like definite upgrade for most of my nonprofit retreat locations. But I kept accidentally hitting it with my finger. Like a smart board? Is yeah. that what those are called? I think so. Yeah. So now it, they have them in schools. Yeah. So it's got my PowerPoint on it and I accidentally kept touching the screen, which would then like close it out. And so their tech person comes running up and can't figure it out. And I was like, what if I just like unplugged the HDMI and plugged it back in? And it worked. <laughs> See? Step one. There you go. That's Round all the knowledge you need to know to be an IT person within the oh, nonprofit yeah. world. I will never forget one time when we got a donation of used computers from a law firm. And they, they had called us in advance to say that they had um, all these computers that they were, like, decommissioning. And, you know, they would wipe them, so we'd have to buy software and all of that. Um, but we would have them for free. Um, and I was like, well, like, how old are they? And they're like, oh, they're, they're a year old. We get new computers every year. What? I, I almost cried. I couldn't, I couldn't imagine. What? And, of course, we had this hodgepodge of, like, four different kinds of PCs, Absolutely. five Mac computers that had been donated of various generations to have us all on the same computer that was made in the last decade. What an upgrade. <laughs> and this goes back to the conversation that we had many, many moons ago about overhead. Ugh. This is what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Let us use the donations to upgrade our technology. Yes. It is going to further the mission. I feel like it just stifles us. It stifles the work. Totally. Nothing integrates. Nothing integrates. Well, like you said, you, you are using three different pieces of software for your various types of events. And so then it's all manual imports and uploads, and it's a mess. Because there probably is something that integrates them all, but... You can't afford it. We can afford it. We yeah. don't even have a budget line item for tech right. most most of the time. Right. And definitely not upgrades of tech. No. It's like maintaining current subscriptions. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 
I will say that I think some nonprofits will say that without having done the research. I mean, I know you have because we've talked about this, but you know, I'll go in and work with clients and they're like, oh gosh, we can't afford this, that, and the other. And I'm like, well, actually there are a number of pieces of software that do what you're talking about for the same price you're currently paying for this other software mm-hmm. with less functionality. Mm-hmm. And, and so we just need to like realize that software goes not bad. What's the word I'm trying to find? It, it gets outdated. Yes. And certain companies don't stay up to date with what's happening in nonprofits and in fundraising. And so we need to make the shift. Absolutely. Well, the position that I'm in right now, one of the first things I did is took the donor database from, um, what's it called? Where it lives on your computer. Like, I don't even know what it's called. (laughs) To where it's in the cloud to become a cloud-based version. Uh I'm thinking, what? I can't even access this from home? Oh, yeah. No. Come on. Let's get with the times. Exactly. And how work happens, right? Like, you're not just fundraising in your office. Right. Of of course. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. Well, and it then affects all these other aspects, um, such as marketing. Oh, yeah. I will never forget, um, I had sent out this email uh, last year before our gala, and um, a board member called me up, and she said, and it was just an email, you know, buy your tickets, blah, blah, blah. And I had sent it to her mom, and her mom had already bought a table. Okay. And she said, I'm sure you didn't mean to, but you sent this email out. You sent it to my mom and she already bought tickets to the event. And I'm thinking, yeah, I don't have that kind of sophistication. Right. But like, I recognize Mm -hmm. that I should not, if I had that capability to segment, Mm -hmm. I would have. Right, right. I'm just lucky that I got an email out. Right. (laughs) Right. With... Emails that work, yeah. you know, and so since then we have, since we got the new database and stuff like that, we've increased our capabilities, but that's the thing that it, that people's default is that we're somehow dumb. Yeah. And I know that's a special trigger for you. I know it is. I know. I own it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah totally. But, but it is hard because the technology exists. Just most organizations aren't leveraging it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and it's just the fact that I, through my, throughout my career, um, I've never met people as resourceful, as um, passionate, as intelligent, and as talented Mm -hmm. as those that I've met in this sector. Yeah. And sometimes, um, I don't know, people's preconceived notions are the opposite. Yeah. I'll also say, though, that within nonprofits, I think because of that, like, scrappiness, that we also assume that features don't exist when they really do. I agree. Let me tell you, if you I are agree. using any kind of donor CRM, there is an import feature. Yes. Stop manually importing massive batches of donations. Yes. You're going to make, be making mistakes. You're going to be taking somebody a shit ton of time when you should be importing them. Absolutely. And I can't tell you how many times that I've said, there should be a way to do this. And somebody says... No, no, I don't know how to do that. And then once you actually call the company, that's a problem. It just takes time. It takes time. And then that that knowledge is not transferred. You right. lose that institutional knowledge with turnover. Oh, yeah. And so you have one person that finally is getting to understand the software and how to use it and um, the different abilities it mm-hmm. has, and then they leave. Yeah. And there's no cross-training. Right. 
I mean, how much in all the different, I know this kind of goes under hiring, but still under all the different positions that you've had, how many times did you actually have the ability to cross train with the person that was in the position before you? Uh, one. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I'll never forget this cause it, oh gosh, this was so funny. So we, uh, adopted some program, program, uh, database, which was amazing. Cause when I started with this organization, everything was hard copy. We had an old access database, which was painful to use and it would store just the basics. Um, and then everything else was hard copy. I mean, we went through so much paper. I, I it was astronomical. And so we, we finally in implemented this database where our volunteers had the ability to like go in and import uh, input things and they could also see stuff about what's going on um, on the back end our case managers had that same sort of access um, and up front it was a lot of training right like we had um, this volunteer base who had been with the organization some for over a decade and we were suddenly upending the work that they were doing but I will never forget this this one woman. She was in her 80s. She came to every single training session we offered. She came to every single office hours we offered to learn the database. And she was a freaking pro at it. That's amazing. And boy, did we highlight the shit out of her. Yeah. <laughs> like if she could learn it, anybody can. And she she was so great about it. But uh, because we were, we were one of the first programs in Colorado that adopted this, we had to create those manuals, both for our volunteers, but also for our staff. And I had a great team of staff who really put some time into doing that. And we posted it on our website a year ago. Mind you, I have not worked in that job for three years. So a year ago, I get an email to my new business account, um, asking me if I could help them with the software. And I thought it was like for like a consulting gig. Mm -hmm. And so I get on a call with this woman and I'm like, I'm, I, I would just love to know, like, how you found out about me. She's like, yeah, you know, you were really hard to track down. I found your user guide, and then I had to find you on LinkedIn because your old email didn't work and blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, can you come implement that for us? She had found the user guide that we had put together, like, five years before. Wow. And that the worst part is, like, that was, like, the gold standard. Right. Like, that, that was the only thing that existed out there. Yep. And luckily I had a great team who could put that together and we did widely share it with any programs who asked. Um, but if you don't have that team, then you're floundering and then you have these inconsistencies and people who don't know how to use the system. And so then they find workarounds and it just, it gets all messed up. Absolutely. And you brought up such a good point about program database. I mean, so many of the different places that I've worked, those are different. You have your mm -hmm. donor database, you have your program database. And they shall not meet. Yeah, exactly. And so um, I know this goes back to when we were talking about grants and you're trying to pull out data mm -hmm. from a different database mm -hmm. that the administrative staff does not even have access to, right. let alone know how to use it. Right. And then you're relying on them to have somebody who knows it well enough to be able to pull the information. Mm -hmm. So even if, let's say you've got your donor, your donor database dialed in, then you might still have problems with the program database. Oh, yeah. And vice versa. Well, I, I was working with a client and they were talking through their program data and we were working on some evaluation tools for them. Um, and they bring out this spreadsheet. And I was like, where are you generating this data from? And they're like, oh, well, we don't trust our database. There are some glitches in it. So we do this manually. Oh and I was gosh. like, okay, so when there are glitches in databases, it's probably because there's a data entry issue. It's not like 
adding in random children that you're not serving. <laughs> right, exactly. You need to fix the source of the problem. Don't just find this workaround in a spreadsheet. Yes, exactly. And that happens all too often. Oh my gosh, it's such a mess. <sighs> so what are some of our takeaways? <laughs> um, one tip, when you are out there looking for technology, um, we do have some great programs available to nonprofits through uh, TechSoup, sometimes directly with the, the software where you can get it um, either free or significantly discounted. But Oh, <laughs> I want to bring something up. That reminds me. Just because you get something discounted does not mean that it is the program you should use. That was my butt. <laughs> I just stole it from you. <laughs> yes. You need to really vet the software and make sure that it truly meets your needs. It is worth paying more for software that's going to have all the functionality you need than to go for the cheaper thing that's going to require an extra spreadsheet. We, I run into that so often when I come into organizations and I'm like, why are you using this system? It seems so inefficient and it doesn't meet your needs. Oh, well, we have a special deal with them where we get, you know, 75% off. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter. Or how about the free software that isn't really free because you have to spend thousands of dollars setting it up uh -huh. and then ongoing training because it's so not intuitive and it's a beast to try to manage. To customize it for your own yes. needs. Oh, drives me crazy. <laughs> Company who I will not mention by name. But hey, if you do want to get mentioned by name in association with this content, come sponsor the Nonprofit Reframe Podcast. Oh, there you go. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, because I get hit up by those salespeople all the time. Yeah. I mean, multiple every week. And they all are kind of the same, but with something just different yeah. about them. I should really like hone in on that because I, I work in so many different organizations systems. And so I've got the ones that I know really well. Um, and I should probably leverage that better. The most frustrating thing to me as a consultant is when they require a different email for every login. Mm-hmm. And so now I've got 17 different email accounts that I've created just so that I can log in for my 17 different clients oh, into their systems. Yes. I know that this is a very specific problem that probably most <laughs> of you don't experience, but it really irks me. Yeah. That's such a pain in the ass. And, and they have to assume that they're going to be people like me who need multiple account accesses. Or the fact that you have to reset that password Ugh. every 60 days or whatever Boof. it is. My bank doesn't even make me do it that often. I know. Well, and then, or the, it's got to be 14 characters long, or I know that's what they're all moving no. to now. But 14, though. It's so many. It's so many. My brain can't fit that many. I mean, I know, I mean, get LastPass, hashtag get LastPass. It's awesome. But it's still, it's too many. I know. What about for the organization? So we said if you need to pay more money to get something that actually works for you, do it because it's going to save you money in the long run. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. For people who work at a nonprofit, we said if you have the data, now use it. Use that data. So let's stop making decisions based on a whim or uh, oh, what is it? The, um, the, the hippo. What? the highest paid person. Oh. Yeah. We need to stop letting the highest paid person make the decisions for our programs, for our fundraising, and base it on data instead. But that means we have to have good data. So put a data management program into place. I mean, that is as simple as run monthly reports that's going to catch any bad addresses or any missing program data. 
Like you need to have somebody tasked with that who's going to be responsible for ensuring that your data is cleaned regularly. You do not want to be waiting until year in statement time to start having to clean yeah. out all your donor accounts. Well, you bring such you bring up a really great point. So, I happen to be on a tech resource team. Mm -hmm. What? I have no idea how it happened, but <laughs> I am there. And um, we're trying to put together a program of how we can consult and help different nonprofits with their tech needs. Mm -hmm. And when we were talking through the process, okay, we're going to have, you know, a discovery call and figure out what their problem is. And then we're going to go in and we're going to meet with them. And I am one of the only people on the team that is, has worked in the nonprofits mm -hmm. world. And I said, well, I want to make sure that when we go in and we talk to them about what's going on, we're talking to the right person. Yes. Which is usually not the highest paid person no. in the organization. It's usually one of the lowest paid yes. positions yes, yes, in yes. the organization. Mm -hmm. And I want to lift their voice up because they're the ones that are having to deal with it on a daily basis. Oh, totally. Yeah. Uh, I was just working with a client and we were prepping for their gala um, or gala or whatever we call it. Um, <laughs> and... It was such a great conversation because they were three from their side and then myself, and we're talking through all of these potentialities. So you've got this donor who wants this, that, and the other. How do we make that happen? Okay, we want to offer pre-sale at this rate to just these people. How do we make that happen? So you had all these great perspectives, problem-solving through things, while the executive director like largely sat there and just kept saying, like, I've got a great team, which she does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you need those people who are going to be the ones who the donors are yelling at because they're the ones who are already anticipating that. <laughs> yep, exactly. So make sure that their voice is being heard and what um, before you go to buy that new shiny object. Yes, yes. I'll just make one more plug for this because we've said it before, but to donors, stop giving a shit if nonprofits are spending money on tech. They need to. Yes. And I am not, as you may know, um, hashtag don't restrict gifts. I am not a proponent of restricting gifts, but you know what? If you want to make a gift to a nonprofit and you want to say that they should spend that on their tech needs, Don't, talk to them first yes, and yes. make sure that's a need, but... Maybe I'm, they just got a law firm to donate a bunch of computers. Right. <laughs> I'm for that. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think this is also to the, the big funders, like the grantors who don't want technology included in their, um, in their, the budget application. If you want me to send you good program data, I'm going to need a program database to do that. And I'm going to need something really robust that's going to allow for multiple people to input, that's going to allow for really dynamic reports, and that costs money. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, I think that pretty much wraps up tech for right now. For now. I'm sure we've got more to talk about. We, we haven't even hit on like tech marketing Oh, yeah. Staying up with social media. So we'll have more to talk about. If you have a tech horror story, <laughs> please send it to us. We would love to hear from you. We know you do. We know you do. So I cannot don't be, even pretend like you don't. I can't be the only one who has spilled hot chocolate on my husband's computer and fried the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> at least it wasn't your computer well, from then, your nonprofit you were working at because then you wouldn't get another one. That's true, but he made me buy him a new one. <laughs> oh. Well, that's a bummer. Okay. Well, make sure you check us out on socials. We're on Facebook, Instagram, not Twitter. What's the other one? LinkedIn. <laughs> you can't tweet at us just yet. No, um, but you can email us, nonprofitreframe at gmail.com. 
And please remember to support your local nonprofits and give and give generously. Have a good one. We would like to thank our sponsors. Mission Launch is a Colorado-based nonprofit consulting firm focusing on fundraising and board governance. You can learn more at missionlaunchco.com and Jake Walker Music, who provides our theme music. You can find him at jakewalkermusic.org. Thank you so much.